0: Welcome to the LeaderThink podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Gryson. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to LeaderThink.com. When I first began my career in safety, BBS was a popular acronym at the time. Behavior-based safety was originally based on peer-to-peer observations where one employee would observe another employee, perform their work, and then give them feedback. Fast forward a few decades, and now human performance seems to be the popular phrase in the safety arena. Back in the BBS days, there was a lot of focus on the employee. Today, we have progressed into looking at the systems that influence and motivate the behaviors we see in the employee. Understanding behavior has come a long way over the past few decades, so I wanted to devote an entire topic to a modern view of behavior reinforcement. When you think of effective leadership, reinforcing behavior requires understanding effective accountability, understanding forces that influence our behaviors, what makes us more prone to make mistakes, how to defend against that and a combination of understanding logic and the emotions people are going through. That's a lot to take in, so it is worthy of breaking down the individual components in hopes that we all get better with our accountability programs. The first thing I want to address is negative reinforcement or consequences for poor performance. One of the most common issues to come up in my leadership classes is a perception that leadership is all positive, all roses and daisies, and we can't punish or hold people accountable anymore. That same issue seems to come up in human error, human performance type courses. This is a big misunderstanding and couldn't be further from the truth. We are not trying to eliminate negative consequences for poor performance. What we are preaching is to be more effective with ensuring the right form of accountability is used for each specific situation that arises. Both negative and positive reinforcement are essential. The reason some people tend to think that leadership or human air trainers are saying you can't punish anyone anymore is because the accountability system in unintentional cultures is typically heavily weighted in negative consequences and very vague in terms of positive consequences. Furthermore, when negative accountability is utilized, it can often be done in a very ineffective way. In our culture assessments, we often find that employees view the discipline system as unfair and inconsistent. On one hand, employees are gaining awareness to the concepts of human performance through training courses, and at the same time, they are observing their peers being punished for system-induced errors. This type of discipline will just motivate employees to get better at hiding incidents instead of telling management about them. The greatest motivator of behavior is soon, certain, and positive. The worst motivator is late, uncertain, and negative. Because of this, we tend to see an overemphasis on positive reinforcement in leadership courses, and for good reason. The scale should always be tipped more heavily in the positive reinforcement direction, but that doesn't mean that negative consequence is a bad thing. It is good that we have rules and laws to help prevent anarchy. As much as I try to see the good in everyone, there are people I have met that I would not want on my team. However, Most people in this world are genuinely good-hearted people that try to do the right thing. Negative accountability is important. It is necessary. In fact, the second greatest influence on behavior is soon certain negative. So it may not be the absolute best form of reinforcement, but it sure is a close second when used properly. So let's dive into what good negative reinforcement sounds like. Soon, certain, negative. Human air defenses are an exceptional form of negative reinforcement. They work great in my life. Every time I get annoyed by that soon, certain alarm in my car that tells me I forgot to put my seatbelt on, I immediately change my behavior. When I drive too far, pushing the limits of how much gas I have left in my tank, I get a soon certain alarm that lets me know I'm about to run out of gas, and I immediately look for the next station to pull into. Do you notice how automatic that reinforcement is? It doesn't even require another human to implement the accountability. A machine does it for you. But let's take a look at negative reinforcement used in the least effective way. Late, uncertain, and negative. I have a friend that works as a supervisor in a large organization. Recently, she was struggling with an employee and some conversations that she was having with an upper manager. She was telling me that the supervisor said she needed to improve the behavior of some of her employees or she may lose her position as a supervisor. She said she couldn't get a couple of her employees to perform their work fast enough and had another that wasn't showing up on time. And on other days, he wasn't even showing up at all. So I asked what types of tools she had for accountability. She said she could give a person a write-up. I asked, what does that mean? Well, it will go on your record. I asked, well, then what? Well, the next time you mess up, you have a conversation about the issue. So then what? Well, then you could get a third write-up. Well, what happens if you get a third write-up? Well, you could get fired. Do you see how ineffective that is? And it's actually a common, top-driven, corporate accountability system that's pretty much useless in day-to-day behavior reinforcement. If I don't do my job, I get a piece of paper, if I get caught. I have to pretend to listen to someone if they give me a second piece of paper, if I get caught. And if I get a third piece of paper, I may lose my job or I may not. Who knows? And again, that's assuming I get caught. Late, uncertain, negative. The least effective form of behavior reinforcement. There are two issues with negative reinforcement that can be challenging. Trust and speed. First, let's talk about trust. In many corporate environments, like the previous example I just gave you, there is no trust to the manager to decide the appropriate form of accountability. There is a one-size-that-I-hope-fits-all format the manager must adhere to. So even if the manager spends every day with this employee and sees that termination should occur sooner than three write-ups, they have to comply with a three-strike policy given by people who may not have a close relationship with the manager, the employee in question, or any first-hand knowledge of the issue at all. The root issue is a lack of trusting the manager to make the right decision. If we don't trust our leaders to make good accountability decisions, we should dive further into why. Do we have an issue with who we hire as managers? Do we need to equip them better to make those decisions on their own? Do we need to develop and coach them further? Think about the level of trust from the upper corporate group to the middle managers and see if you can make improvements there. Then there's the issue of speed. If the best negative reinforcement is soon certain negative, then the sooner we give the negative consequence, the better. But the struggle is that determining fault can take time, time to learn why the employee did what they did. Was it a system-induced error or a true culpable behavior? This time of learning and understanding actually works against soon certain negative. But if I view it as a learning event, then I may have a better understanding the next time the event occurs. Maybe I don't give the best negative consequence the first time, but I learn and am more efficient the next time it occurs. However, if I do learn it is a system issue and implement a human air defense, then I may not even have to deal with it in the future. A sensor or a machine might be able to do it for me. This is one reason understanding human air has become so popular. Human air defenses often fit the soon certain negative model. The more we implement these systems into our processes, the better. And then there's the power of positive reinforcement. Again, this is the most effective way to reinforce behavior. I learned the depths of this power through all the culture assessments we have conducted over the past 20 years. One of our questions in our assessment reads, Do employees receive positive feedback for working safely? Behavior reinforcement has consistently been the lowest scoring cultural driver across all the industries we have assessed. For two decades, all over North America, employees would explain to me how when they do something right, supervisors would walk right by them and not say a word. But if they screw up, They will never hear the end of it. They will have meeting after meeting about it, be forced to explain themselves, speak in front of an audience about what they did wrong. But when they do the right thing, silence. There's a term for that, extinction. The disappearance of a previously learned behavior when the behavior is not reinforced. But what if the behavior that is disappearing is the one you really want to occur by saying nothing at all. When the worker performs as you desire, you are actually encouraging the behavior to become extinct. Think about the motivational triad, seek pleasure, avoid pain and conserve energy. If positive behavior is rewarded, it triggers seek pleasure. If the behavior receives a negative response from management, it triggers avoid pain. If the behavior receives no response, it definitely doesn't trigger seek pleasure. But it might actually be triggering avoid pain. Here's why. Nobody appreciates anything I do around here. If you ever hear a worker saying something along those lines, it is a cardinal sign of extinction. The behaviors you actually want to see in your employees are slowly dying. Doing nothing is actually moving the culture backwards. So if the greatest motivator of behavior is soon certain positive, then the scale of accountability should be tipped heavily in this direction. We give positive reinforcement as soon as we see it. But we also need to focus on the certain aspect. Certain reinforcement consists of words and time. Uncertain reinforcement consists of trinkets, pizzas, and gift cards. I see many companies struggle with this concept. They typically start by trying to buy their way towards positive reinforcement They give people a pocket knife for some company-wide goal achieved Maybe they go as far as giving them a gift card on the spot for good behavior Employees will tell management that they like the gift cards and they like the pizza parties Why wouldn't they? But this reinforces to management that they are doing the right thing and without a comparison How could they know there is a much more certain form of reinforcement that is long-lasting? Gift cards and trinkets are always short-lived. In his book, Drive, Daniel Pink says, You have to start with comparable pay. People should start with knowing they're at least making somewhere near the industry average for their efforts. He explains throughout the book that trinkets and bonuses work when the path to the end result is clear. But unfortunately, so much of our modern work does not have a clear path. If I have to create at all or make good decisions when performing my work, then gift cards and bonuses will not work. Here's a line from Drive. Cash rewards and shiny trophies can provide a delicious jolt of pleasure at first, but the feeling soon dissipates, and to keep it alive, the recipient requires ever larger and more frequent doses. How true is that? Gift cards and pizza parties can lose their luster. We also will reach a point where we can't afford a gift card that tops the last one we gave out. We do have to generate profit after all. Drive says that unexpected, sincere, accurate praise is the best motivator for creativity. I believe that. I see that. It resonates in me when I receive it. Nothing is more valuable than your time. It's more valuable than money. People pay large sums of money for more time. They pay for an earlier flight, faster internet, the plane versus driving. Time is more valuable than money. When you take the time to give people your words, they will value it more than any trinket that money could buy. I have a drawer full of pocket knives, flashlights, and other trinkets with company logos that have been given to me over the years. But they are distant memories with little value. Some, I can't even remember who gave them to me. But I also have emails of deep, sincere feedback that students have written to me. I print them out and post them on my wall. They are long-lasting memories that still inspire me years later. The most valuable gift you could give another human being is your time. Time to say words of praise, that you notice them, that you appreciate them and value them. Money just can't buy that type of reinforcement. So what does sincere, accurate praise look like? Let's start with what it is not. Good job. In the words of Bill Walsh, nothing is more effective than sincere, accurate praise, and nothing is more lame than a cookie-cutter compliment. Authentic leaders connect. When a supervisor tells a worker, good job, and then continues to walk on by, it can appear disingenuous. I have had employees tell me, he's just saying that because he has to. There's the perception that management told the supervisor to start giving positive reinforcement and he or she says good job because they have to the supervisor is paid to do it. It isn't real or from the heart. Many times supervisors are just not equipped with the awareness of how powerful this reinforcement is or how to deliver it most effectively. So they give superficial feedback because that is the message they have received from management. Go out there and give some attaboys. One time I was explaining this concept in a class and an upper manager told me it doesn't have to be a long dissertation. Well, actually, yes, it does. In fact, the deeper and more specific you can be, the more genuine it is perceived. But if upper management believes that lame and cookie cutter is good enough, what would you expect middle managers to deliver? In my leadership courses, I explain in detail the need for deep, sincere, and accurate praise. I give an example by giving sincere praise to someone I noticed in the class that day. I give a historical example. Something they did that morning to reinforce exactly what they did that I wanted to praise. I then asked the group to write down two deep, sincere comments about their neighbor. Some struggle with depth. Some struggle to write anything down. What is most rare is for a student to give a historical example. You see, when you give an exact moment in history when someone did something positive, the individual goes back to that time in their memory, whether it was two minutes ago or six years ago, they realize you noticed them. They remember what they were doing at that moment in time, and they know you truly are giving real feedback for a real behavior that they displayed. They know that you really did notice them. For example, do you remember that project six months ago and everything was falling apart? You always kept a cool head. You were calm when everyone else was anxious. You put in the extra hours we had to do to get the job done. And I really believe that your attitude kept everyone else from losing their minds back then. If you want to give deep, sincere, accurate praise, it's not just about a lot of words. Depth is important, but equally important is an example of an exact moment in time when they display the behavior you want to reinforce. Maybe it is what they are doing right now in front of you. But if past tense, give a specific historical example. But I don't know these people. That's a common struggle I hear with people. They don't know the people well enough to give this level of positive feedback. Well, that could be another issue altogether. Maybe you need to take some time to get to know them. But for now, you really don't have to know someone deeply to notice them deeply. All you have to do is pay attention to be aware. Take a moment to look around you and observe what people are doing. The more present you are in the moment, the more aware you are of what is happening all around you right now. If you take the time to notice people, You can easily give deep, sincere feedback to anybody, from the person making your sandwich at Subway to the teller at the bank. The first step is to take a moment to notice people. John Maxwell says, praise people privately so they know it's genuine. Praise in front of peers for the other workers to see and praise in front of their family and friends for a deep lasting effect. How true is that? If you give praise privately, the worker knows you are not just following some new corporate mandate to give pats on the back. You really do mean it. It's genuine. When you do it in front of other employees, they will notice too, and many will want to receive it too. By rewarding one person, you can actually influence a group of people. And the last part, praising in front of family members. That is the reason these people come to work, for their families. The effectiveness of praise is at its peak in front of your employees' families. That opportunity will not always present itself, but when it does, be prepared to take advantage of it. So why is this so hard if we know the science of how effective it is? Because it goes against the limbic brain. Our brains are not wired to look for the positive. They're on autopilot, constantly searching for danger, searching for what is wrong. To make this shift requires rewiring your brain. You have to rewrite the neural pathway. I visualize it like this, the interstate and the dirt road. Of course your brain takes the interstate because it appears to be the quickest route to the desired destination. But if you can force yourself to start taking the dirt road, you build that road and eventually it will become the interstate or the larger neural pathway in your brain. This takes patience and continued effort. It doesn't happen after 10 tries. It becomes natural after 10,000 attempts. Being consistent in our right now world just isn't popular. But taking the long road produces the culture shift that everybody wants. Make time to find opportunities to give people positive reinforcement. Take the time to notice them. Start somewhere. Maybe you can take 30 minutes out of your day, one day a week, to just observe people and then give them deep, sincere praise for the good things they're doing. Try to focus on making it unexpected. Don't get into the formulas of always doing it on Friday afternoons. Schedule random reminders in your calendar. Do it on a Thursday morning one month and a Monday afternoon the next. You may feel that you are only tipping the scale, but you are tipping it in the right direction. Come up with a minimum baseline that works for you. Write it down. Dedicate time to notice people and give them the deep, sincere, unexpected, positive feedback that they crave. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.